You're listening to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is Monday, April 12th. That means it is Mental Health Monday. It's the first day of school, it feels like. Back in studio. <laughs> Back in the building. <laughs> uh, many people, I think, probably returning to, not everyone, but lots of people returning to their their offices for those who that's part of the plan is to return back to the office space emerging so, from home yes. this is a whole new chapter it's a good thing it's mental health monday we get to talk yes. with the society game and might need that today thanks to concordia university wisconsin for supporting the coffee hour find out more about concordia university wisconsin at cuw.edu live uncommon it is time to check in with deaconess heidi gaiman for mental health monday good morning heidi oh we lost heidi oh Uh-oh. no <laughs> <laughs> We lost her all together. I know she was having some cute computer problems, so we'll Uh-oh. give her a chance to to reconnect. And uh, if we need to, we'll we'll jump to phone here in just a second. So um, I was going to ask what coffee you're drinking, because I know this is first day back in the office, and I know coffee is a part of the office experience. It's true. So I, I even prepped. You some, made my coffee I made, today. <laughs> I made Honduras today. Is that what you're drinking already? Or did, well, you, this, did you bring some with you? This is, in fact, office coffee. So this is Honduras. But I also have a full... A full mug of uh, Tanzanian waiting for me at my desk, too. So is it is a coffee filled day for me today? <laughs> I think we have Heidi back with us now, who's also having her coffee. And I think you're having Guatemalan. Is that right? That is true. I mean, Guatemalan. I need a moment of mindfulness after my internet completely pooped out on me. Like, it just was like, nope. It's Monday. Your internet decided, uh, internet service decided just to go down. Oh, yep. Well, the end. The end. Welcome. It is Monday, and uh, we are in, let's see, what are we working on today? Besides oh, we... returning to the office. <laughs> Right. Um, we're going to start our um, new series on integrity and making meaning is what we're going to be talking about the month of April. And this is actually our last series in our developmental stages series. And so we've gone all the way um, from trust versus mistrust. And we've talked about exploration and identity and intimacy um, and generativity was the last <laughs> one. We worked on that big word that we all have to practice a lot. Um, and now we're at this final stage of development. And remember, in this whole year when we've been talking about stages of development, one of the core beliefs that I have about the stages of development that I think is also biblical is that we return to these things again and again. And so while there is this pattern of developmental stages um, that they've found, you know, through research and science and all those things, uh, they've also found that these are not a one and done kind of thing. We do it, we accomplish it. We move on. No, instead, this is a process orientation. And so we're always growing is the theme that God has knit us together, but is always, always knitting us more each day. And so we're going to start today talking about making meaning mindfully. And we're going to talk about the concept of mindfulness, particularly with our biblical lens uh, sitting on our noses like glasses would so that we can understand mindfulness in the way that uh, scripture also addresses the concept of mindfulness, or at least that fits in with scripture, if you will, because there's definitely components in other places that don't fit in with a scriptural approach. Um, but there is more, I think, that do fit in with a scriptural approach. So we kind of need to just return to that word and understand it a little bit more. 
And then next week, we're going to talk about making meaning thoughtfully. And we're going to talk about some more cognitive approaches and practices um, to build meaning in our lives. And then the last one on April 26, we're going to talk about making meaning gratefully. And we're going to talk about the practice of gratitude, the benefits of it. And uh, one of my favorite things is the difference between biblical gratitude and what we think it is culturally. (laughs) (laughs) I wrote an article for CPH this year on the blog that you could look up that's all about how I always want to take a Sharpie into Target and Hobby Lobby and all the stores with the gratitude and Mm. Thanksgiving pillows and write things on them. Like it's hard (laughs) (laughs) and biblically uh, that's well supported. And so I, um, I'm really excited to get to that episode. So I think it's going to be a fun month. Um, Today, let's just start with defining integrity and Andy and Sarah, I'm going to give you a little pause after this definition before we move into a couple of ideas for practicing some mindfulness um, so that you can ask some questions if you have them, if that sounds like a plan. Okay, let's do it. All right, let's do it. So integrity is this place where we feel extremely authentic to ourselves and who we are and honestly who God has called us to be. And I truly believe that's for believers and non-believers. I think you get to the end of your lifespan and you start asking yourself questions like, have I lived well? Um, what's the point of all of this more than ever? Um, I pray that we've all also encountered that in our 20s and maybe even in our teens. Uh, but at the same time, you know, there comes a place in life where you're really starting to ask questions uh, about whether there's any meaning in all of this. It's a very Ecclesiastes moment in all of our lives. <laughs> and there is power in that Ecclesiastes moment. Like that is of the Holy Spirit, I really believe, because it makes us come face to face with what we call eternal things instead of the things of this world. And that's such a good thing for us. Um, and so the opposite of integrity is despair, where we look at ourselves and our life and we say like, what was I thinking? What was I doing all this time? Or does it even matter? Um, I think it's really encouraging biblically that King Solomon, you know, with all of his wisdom and riches and everything came to a place. um, And this is before he maybe found all those women. So this is maybe where he's at a healthier place, even um, (laughs) relationally, at the very least, that he was like asking these questions daily. And God use the Holy Spirit and his pen to write it in scripture for us. And so I think that tells us more than anything that there's a place for this in our life to look around and and look for meaning and ask questions. And that's not uh, that's not the opposite of faith, asking questions and searching for meaning. In fact, that is faith alive in our life um, and at the very least on our way <laughs> to faith in our lives, if you will, for people who, who don't know Jesus yet. Um, and so Integrity is all about this con- sense of connectedness to ourself, um, to our place in the world, and to God himself. Um, so most times I think we cognitively know meaning. For instance, we just had the resurrection, and we know the meaning of the resurrection, that that changes everything. I was just briefly listening to the program before us, and it was had so much joy in the resurrection that I felt joyous because I was just picking up the joy of the pastor who was talking. However, Mm. integrity is about having that sense of meaning in our lives as well, that God is knitting in our bodies, this awareness of the meaning, not just our brain knowledge of the meaning, if you will. And so 
I think the solution for integrity is really just to spend some more time with meaning and what is meaningful, both cognitively, but also physically um, in the form of simply being present with God. Uh, I honestly think this is one reason why folks who are a little bit older and maybe have even been in the faith longer are a little bit better at prayer <laughs> and being <laughs> really present in prayer is because they've done these other stages and they're at a place where they really are in that developmental phase where they just need to be with God and to be tended by God and the other things can fall away. I think they're a little bit better at this, if you will, the longer we do it. And so, um, so I think the practice of mindfulness, which we'll talk about in just a second, is one way to understand that solution of just getting connected with our bodies, our hearts, and our minds before God in the act of prayer, in the act of reading the scriptures, and in the act of simply being with God in our lives. So do you guys have any questions about integrity or despair or meaning before we move on to our practices? I think listening to you to talk through these things and also balancing um, our Lutheran heritage is so much of of that head knowledge of we love our doctrine and our theology and there's nothing wrong with that. But I am I am excited to dig into these things where we can open up a little bit to that, how we connect all of that theology and our rich doctrinal heritage to mm -hmm. um, living it out a little bit more and, and I don't know, feeling it a little bit more. Can I say that? But that's <laughs> you can. But that's you can. Uh, but Lutherans have great hymnody mm -hmm. as oh, yes. well, which you feel. You can. I mean, yes, you can do it without feeling. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think, no, it's, it's true. Thing. It's true. I think we're very feeling people. We just maybe we don't, don't like admit to talk it. about it. <laughs> I actually think historically we turned it off a little bit. Like, look at Luther. I mean, if anyone was feeling it was Luther, he <laughs> was a fiery guy and he felt the gospel and its impact in his life deeply. Uh, and so I think this is for another series on Mental Health Monday. And I'm, I currently just started Diversion. outlining a book about emotions. So, yes. so we could go there sometime. But at the same time, I, I do think we turned it off a little bit, maybe since seminar. Um, or some experiences that we've had within our history uh, that left us wanting to have more reason and more logic involved, a logical process with faith. And so I think it's time. Yeah, it's time to, to blend those things together, if you will. And this is one reason I like to talk in the realm of heart, soul, mind, and strength over and over again is because we are all those things before God. And he does value all of those things. And so we, we want all of them. We don't want to shut off the cognitive and we're going to talk about cognitive more next week, but we also, yes, do not want to shut off the feeling components. Uh, God values all that. So mindfulness is easily confused with Eastern meditation. And those are two different things. Uh, I, I like to say like, they don't get to steal the words in the same way that people don't get to steal rainbows. <laughs> like these, these are not just someone's religious practice. This is a concept that's been alive and well for many years uh, in many ways, both uh, religiously, but also psychologically. If you look at the basic idea of mindfulness, it's simply being 
totally present. It's not about emptying our mind. It's about focusing in. And so when we get back from the break, we'll talk a little bit more about what mindfulness is, uh, some ways that you said, like we can engage with it with our rich doctrine and practice and all of that. Um, And then I'll give you a couple ideas to take away with you from the show today to practice it as well. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. We're talking with Deaconess Heidi Gaiman for Mental Health Monday. We'll be back in just a moment. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. You're a miracle. You know that, right? A living, breathing, one-of-a-kind miracle. You were created to stand apart, to share your gifts in the service of others, to make an uncommon impact in a common world. And at Concordia University, it's our mission to help you do that, to live uncommon. To learn more about Concordia, go to cuw.edu. Did you know that your individual retirement account may make the best gift to KFUO? The IRS now allows individuals 70 and a half or older to transfer their required minimum distribution directly to charity and avoid paying the associated income tax. These gifts can provide regular long-term resources to KFUO. If you have questions about making an IRA gift to KFUO, call me, Mary, at 314-996-1518. We'll send a representative out to help answer your questions and help you establish a legacy of giving to your favorite radio station, Worldwide KFUO. Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is Mental Health Monday. We're talking with Deaconess Heidi Gaiman, making meaning mindfully. And we were talking, we're starting to talk about mindfulness and uh, reclaiming this word because, yes, it's it's gone in all kinds of directions. So, mm-hmm. all right, bring us back, Heidi. Yeah. So again, we were just talking about before the break how uh, mindfulness at its core is not necessarily about emptying, which I think when we think of mindfulness, we think of a Buddhist practice of emptying our thoughts and, and like nothingness. And the goal of mindfulness isn't nothingness. It's actually greater awareness. We want to bring from the unconscious to the conscious uh, because so much of our life happens in the unconscious realm, you know, it's the iceberg, if you will, we experience so little of what we're actually experiencing. So we're bringing more things to our awareness. And that serves for purposes of greater regulation. If I know the emotions I'm actually feeling before I feel them at, you know, Mach 20, then (laughs) that's going to go better for me, there's going to be some greater regulation there. Also, if I um, know the thoughts that I'm thinking that lead to certain behaviors, if you will, mm-hmm. then I'm going to be able to make decisions based on God's word <laughs> instead of whatever's popping up that I'm completely unaware of. And so mindfulness has its place. Um, I, again, I think this pulls back to that body, mind, and spirit connection. Um, we want to be present with God in all those things, not just one of those things. And so the very very core idea of mindfulness is simply connecting to ourselves and to God. As Lutheran Christians, we very much want to do this around God's word. And I think that's the best way to start. I do think there's a place for simply being with God in prayer. 
Um, I, I know that, uh, it, and Lutheranism, we're a little scared of that because we don't want people's thoughts to go a million different directions and lead them apart from what God's word would say. But mm-hmm. if you are a person who is regularly in God's word, I think that we have to trust our systems a little bit. Um, and so if you're regularly in God's word, you bring that to mindfulness with you. You're not separate from that thing. Uh, but I, don't separate yourself from God's word. And, and honestly, there's so much good stuff in God's word. And that's the practices I'm going to give you. And I do think this builds integrity because you're centering yourself on the truth of God's word while also resting in God's gospel of just who he is and that he wants to be with you. Um, that really brings both pieces of who we are in both law and gospel, sinner, saint, and all those uh, integrated things together. It integrates them more uh, and gives us that sense of integration more instead of the sense of uh, meaninglessness and kind of falling apart in a broken and sinful world, if you will. And I talk about the idea of disintegration and integration in my book, Finding Hope, which comes out at the end of the month as well. So that might be helpful. Um, if you're interested in this just a little bit more, like everything we're talking about is grabbing you a little bit, uh, there is an article on the CPH blog that we can link in the show notes called uh, Four Ways to draw near. And it's about an article. It's an article I wrote about uh, four ideas of biblical practice where God uses that phrase draw near over and over in scripture and as an invitation to us. So what if we actually took the invitation? That's what biblical mindfulness I think is about is taking God's invitation to draw near to him and to rest in him, like I said, but to focus in. Um, there's a podcast series that you'll find on the Life and Relationships podcast, which is my podcast um, during this month and in May about those four ways as well. So more information on that. Um, you can also use, people use Lectio Divina. Have you guys ever done that, Andy or Sarah? Have you ever been involved in a Lectio Divina? No, I've heard of it. I'm not super familiar Mm -hmm. with it. Yeah, different people do it different. And I'm not going to say the actual approach because I'm sure to get it wrong. But Grace Place Wellness uses this. And that's the first place I encountered it. But it's really this slow uh, process. It's a way to slow down our hearts and minds to rest in God um, and to focus in on his word. So essentially, the way I've always experienced it is you hear or read a passage of scripture three times. Um, and it's a little bit different each time, uh, but it helps you to to kind of focus in, which is what we're doing with that mindful practice, just letting it seep into your bones, which is a very psalmal idea uh, to allow our bones that are wasting in this broken and sinful world to be tended to by God as well. Uh, In Grace Place Wellness, there was stretching and things to help us engage our whole bodies with the process. But I think that we uh, have an idea in our head of the way prayer should look before God or the way reading the word should look before God. Uh, and I, I think that we can get creative with that. We can be more creative with that. And that's one thing that mindfulness can do with us. The idea here is what we said at the beginning is building that sense of meaning that we already know about. So the word itself is going to give us even more knowledge and truth about that meaning that God brings into our lives. But this is going to also help give us a sense of it if we slow down and just give it more time and more presence uh, than, you know, doing it and checking it off our to-do list and moving on. 
to go get our groceries and things like that. Um, so before I give you a few ideas of how to engage in that, which might be really helpful, I think, in making this all make sense <laughs> as well. Uh, do you guys have any questions? I'm just thinking through um, how much of this maybe we already do as as Christians, as, as people who have been brought up in the church, um, just going about and living our lives when we have those slow moments of, of what do our minds turn to? Uh, and, and so often, you know, if, if we're memorizing scripture or memorizing hymnody, it's those things that pop into our head and that we think about in those slow moments and or mm -hmm. when we're in our stressed moments. But it's it's um, reminding me of, of the importance of being in, in scripture and memorizing scripture so that when we mm -hmm. when we have those those moments, when we when we slow down a bit or need to slow down a bit, those are mm -hmm. the things that, that come to our minds instead of the anxieties and the stresses. Oh, absolutely. And one thing I tell my clients is don't be mistaken. Mindfulness can be 30 seconds to five minutes. You don't have to, yeah, <laughs> you don't have to dedicate your, you know, three hours to it every morning. Uh, the idea though is I, I like to think of maybe this is a helpful way to phrase it is being mindful of God, right? So we're, we're taking a minute instead of just taking an in information from a sermon to truly be present and mindful of the words that the pastor's using, the place that we're in with the people. That's a form of mindfulness right there is when we, again, just slow down a bit to bring the unconscious to the conscious. Um, and here's a couple ideas for how to get there, if you will. Um, one way that we use a lot in therapy that I think is really helpful uh, in uh, our Christian walk is the five senses. So when you're in a place, maybe you're sitting in your uh, church sanctuary, but maybe you're in your backyard, or maybe you're sitting with a friend at a coffee shop, whatever, take just a second. And like I said, 30 seconds to five minutes to uh, look around you and, and note all five senses. What do you smell? What do you see? What can you touch? Um, and, and the way to, I think, make sure this is centered on Christ and fixing our mind on things above, if you will, is, and getting that meaning and integrity from it is that we just thank God for those things. And we ask uh, for his presence in them, or at least maybe not even ask, recognize his presence in them instead of as if these things are apart from him. So it's one of those um, bringing God into everyday life rather than leaving him at the church. Uh, that's He's already there, but bringing that unconscious to conscious brings the awareness of the meaning that God brings into our life. In my book, Casting Stones, uh, the like lead quote is, you know, with without God, everything feels meaningless. It's, it's a very Ecclesiastes thing, but with God, everything has purpose and meaning. And so this is one reason it's really helpful for people who are going through a mental health struggle, for people who have depression, have anxiety, for people who are, have had loss in their lives is to take that 30 seconds to five minutes to see where God is at, because so often it feels like he is absent in those things. Um, so that five senses approach can be really helpful. Uh, and then also what we call in uh, dialectical behavioral therapy is small moments. So small moments is just fully enjoying or at least being in tune to the tiniest moment in your day. Maybe it's the first step 
that you take outside your door and that fresh breeze hits your face. Um, and it's either cold or hot or medium. Uh, you know, any small moment can do. A lot of people I've noticed their small moment is their first drink of coffee. Yep. <laughs> it's just so lovely. <laughs> it's so lovely. Um, for a lot of my teens, their small moment is laying down in bed at night, which I think is really interesting and insightful. Uh, just the feeling of the sheets and the feeling of being able to sink into the covers and rest. So that's a really powerful thing that we can do for ourselves. And that's not 20 minutes. That's not two hours of our life. It's a small moment by definition. And again, just bring it to God, draw near to him with that moment. That's a really, really powerful thing. So I know we're almost out of time. Do you guys have any questions? We'll have more practices with this for next week as well. I don't know if I, I don't have specific questions, but I will let you know that you have now created about three different topics or brought to light three different topics <laughs> that I want to go research the rest of the day. Um, Goal accomplished. <laughs> uh, just Googling all kinds of Latin phrases now yes. after this too. So thank you so much, Heidi. Always insightful. Thanks for this and uh, rem a, a helpful reminder to take time. Um, and as we meditate on God's word, one thing that came to mind was chanting the Psalms. Mm -hmm. The reason we chant mm -hmm. them is so that we don't rush through them, <laughs> yeah, uh, but rather true. take our time with them so that we can hear God's word as we seek it or, sp or speak it or sing it as well. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. Thanks, Heidi. And uh, HeidiGaiman.com or Facebook.com slash Writes. Always good to check out some, some of the content there. Thanks so much, Heidi. Have a great week. Thanks. We'll see you next time. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you. Anytime. Anywhere. Anywhere.